I think it's best if I tell the story of the hero's journey and then you'll see how it works in terms of the story. So I'll tell the story a little bit like, uh, like any story, once upon a time, there was a person and this person lived in a place. And in this place that the person lived, there were ideas, there were, there were uh, dictums, there were ways of being. And it was said that if you did this, if you behaved in this way, or if you bought this kind of soap and you bought this kind of car and you lived in this part of, this, of the city, you would be happy. You, you, would, you would do the right thing and you would be happy and everything would be fine. Um, and this every society has these kinds of rules or these kinds of ideas. Um, if you do this, you're going to succeed. If you do this, you're going to be happy. Um, then one day, this person living in this place receives, here's a, a knocking at the door. Somebody appears at the door and says, listen, I heard of this thing that's going on somewhere else, not here, at a different level or in a different dimension maybe or in a different part of town. And there they're doing very interesting things. And I think you should really look into those things. That's called the call. You're busy living your life, doing your everyday life, and suddenly somebody comes along and says, there's something that you should do, and it's over there. And inside of you, there's a little voice that says, yeah, that's for me. That's your call. That's your spiritual call. It's calling you to a new dimension of your life. And if you don't obey that call, then you become, in effect, dead. You become ingrained in the normalcy of your life, following the pattern of your life without exploring the call that's coming from, from some level within you. There are different kinds of calls that can come. It can come from a, an equal, a friend of equal, uh, an, of the same level as you, a friend that comes and says, you ought to go to do this. Or it can be a call coming from above, generally a call coming from a higher dimension. Sounds like it's got trumpets playing and, and gold uh, light is shining around it. And somebody says, listen, Noah, it's going to rain and you better build a boat, an ark. And Noah says, I don't know how to build an ark. I'm a farmer. And the voice says, you're going to build an ark and I'll tell you how to do it. And if you don't do it, you're in trouble. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. I mean, this is the voice of the collective or might say the voice of God. It's the voice that expressing, is expressing a call that has to do with more than just you. You're part of a greater call, and you've got to respond to the call because there's a, there's a bigger thing that's going on in the collective unconscious of the human species. Or the call could come from within. You're doing everything right. You're buying the right kind of soap. You're living the right kind of life. You have three television sets. You have a wife who has a job and, and a career. And you, and you uh, have 3.2 children. And you've got everything that you're supposed to have. And yet something down deep inside of you says, is this all there is? Do you mean this is what life's all about? This is a call coming from the deeper levels within you. It's a call. Because it means that what I'm doing is not enough. There's something more somewhere. So it asks for you to make a change. My call always came from behind. Just when I thought I was in the middle of, 
of uh, what I thought was going to be my place in life. Somebody says, you get out of here now because there's somebody else coming in here to take your place. So I get kicked out, and when I get kicked out, I always got kicked up to the next dimension. I never got kicked down, which is great. I'm grateful for that. But that's a call too. If you get kicked out of a place, maybe you weren't supposed to be in that place. And so the next place has to come. The next thing has to come. Well, this is the call. I remember once I, I, I was reading in a book of a man or some people who went down to old people's homes and they had people write bits of poetry uh, describing their lives. And one of the poems read something, it was called The Call, and it said, every so often in your life, a wee small voice beckons you to follow. What a pity if you didn't do it. And I often wondered, I mean, it was written by a 97-year-old man, I often wondered whether he did or did not follow that voice. Was it a voice of sadness or was it a voice of joy? You never know. But there's the call, and the call comes. And when the call comes, there's a new awakening. There's something new that begins to take place, something new that begins to happen inside of you. And so you leave the straight and narrow, or the hero, the person who's going to become a hero, leaves the straight and narrow of his or her everyday life and begins to follow a kind of circular path into another, into another level. While this person is going on his or her way, he meets or she meets some helpers, some people that kind of give her some help, give her some, some suggestions, or give her some money maybe, or give her some uh, good counsel, something that helps him or her to find their way. However, there's a special place in the, in the story in which the hero uh, or the hera, the her I, what I call the hera, I don't call the heroine, the female hero a heroine because that sounds a little bit too much like a drug. I call her the hera because I found one day while reading Bullfinch's mythology that the word hero is the masculine form of Hera, which is the name of the woman goddess of ancient Greece. So a hero was the priest of the goddess Hera. So therefore the female form of hero is basically Hera. So the hero or the Hera is going on his or her way, and at this point a change is taking place because he or she is no longer simply following the path that, that he or she was following before. He's begun to find new things, and this means she's developing some, some courageous or some qualities that maybe weren't necessary in the original in his or her original plan. And then some long, somewhere along the way, you know, the, in these stories, there's a, there's a um, crossroads. And the hero or the Hera passes the crossroads and there's a strange kind of creature, a kind of spiritual creature, doing something by the side of the road. And they have some sort of exchange. The, the little creature says, or the creature by the side of the road says, listen, would you help me do this? I need to get this thing happening. And the hero or the hero says, sure, come on, I'll help you. And they have an interchange. And at the end of the exchange, the spirit guide, the, the, the spiritual being says, because you've been so kind to me, I'm going to give you a gift. And at that point, this person, this extremely interesting kind of spiritual figure gives to the hero or Hera what's called the instrument of power. It's something that has about it magical qualities. 
It, and as a matter of fact, what it does is calls up something from inside the hero that he did not know he had, a quality. It could be the stick that, that hits when you throw it. It could be a healing flower. It could be the harp, some object that calls forth an internal quality uh, of the individual. And, and generally it has to be a physical thing because the physical thing allows the hero or the hera to come in contact with this quality inside of him or her. Now the hero is becoming more of a hero, becoming more of a personality, becoming more than he or she was when leaving the straight and narrow of his or her life. And then as the, the hero continues on his or her way, they come, she comes to a, a doorway or a, an entrance to some other land. It's what I call the land of miracles. And she or he knows that the object of his quest, the, the reason for the call, is on the other side of that doorway, of that threshold. And in order to accomplish whatever his or her quest is, she or he needs to go through that door. So she takes her instrument of power in her hand, she recalls that she's got these qualities, and she begins to move toward the door, and suddenly there appears before a door a monster or a demon or a dragon or some kind of guardian of the door who says, there is no entrance in here, and especially not you. And this is the beginning of the great confrontation between what I call the demon of resistance and the hero, the heroic energy that wants to go on with his or her quest. A, a great confrontation takes place, and it can have many different levels of confrontation. It can be a, a battle royal, it can be a card game, it can be a discussion, it can be um, fighting, and, and, and it can be an atomic uh, explosion. A great confrontation takes place, and this confrontation ends where the the irresistible force and the immovable object have got, somebody has got to make a change. And when this change takes place, some different level of relationship is formed. And this different level allows the hero, because now the hero has begun to integrate the qualities of this, what I call the demon of resistance, and this different level allows the person to enter across the threshold into the land of miracles where she or he will find the object of his quest or her quest. This is a, a major confrontation that takes place. And once the confrontation has completed itself, the hero, in a way the hero is no longer a hero, the hero is a kind of um, initiate because he or she is taking the first step into another world, into the land of what I call the land of miracles, or what Jung called a mysterium, the magical place, the place where mysteries exist and they're real. So the hero takes his first step across the, the, the threshold and figures arise around him, images appear, some from his past, some from his future, some from within, some from without, and the hero walks through these images, aware of all of these things, but the hero has the instrument of power and has the strength of the demon to help him or her in confronting these elements. 
And it may be that some tests occur. The hero may have to walk across a river of fire or may have to climb to the top of a mountain or walk through a gale, an elemental gale. But the hero has the, the, the help of the instrument of power given to him by the spirit guide. And the hero also has the, the strength of the demon. At some point, the hero in his path or her path through the land of miracles meets the source of his own or her own fear. And this is called the supreme ordeal. It is the big moment in which whatever the person is dealing with has to be looked at and, and, and uh, confronted. And this is the moment of truth for the hero. This is the when Buddha goes and sits beneath the bow tree and all the forces of Mara, the forces of illusion, come and confront him and he simply stays true to himself, knowing who he is, allows all of these illusions to confront him, but he's not disturbed. He knows who he is and he stays true to who he is. It's the great moment of, of truth. And the hero goes through the supreme ordeal, which is the big moment in the in the in the story, and coming out of this experience, the hero is, is bigger, the hero is more complete. And walking out of this place, or coming out of this place, the hero comes to the place of the reward. And the reward is a gift that is given to the hero. It can be, it can be what, what was promised in the call, or it can be something else, because it's the, it is the gift that, that presents itself to the hero in some way that the hero can take it, take the memory of this home with him, and having the memory of this will give him a new or her a new uh, way of looking at the world. So the hero, the hera, experiences the place of the reward. And it's very nice, it's very beautiful, it's very powerful. Sometimes it's frighteningly powerful. And it's very powerful. However, at some point, the hero has to leave the place of the reward. Because if the hero stays in the place of the reward, the hero stays in the center of another dimension and doesn't return to the dimension of the everyday world. And heroes return to the everyday world. This is the purpose of going on a journey, so that we can bring back what we've learned from this other part of, the, uh, part of ourselves. So the hero starts to move away from the, the place of the uh, reward, and as he leaves or as she leaves the mysterium or the land of miracles, she has to leave her magical powers behind. Because if she comes into the world carrying these magical powers, then she will no longer be treated as another human being. She'll be looked at as a goddess or a saint, or he'll be looked at as some sort of magician. So therefore, the hero leaves, the hera, the hero, leaves behind the magical powers. I remember um, back at the time when, in the late 60s, when people were doing a lot of LSD and a lot of these kinds of drugs, there were people that would take the LSD and they would have this experience that they could stop cars with their eyes. And if they went out into the middle of the highway and they stood there stopping the cars with their eyes, the only car that would stop for them is the car with the revolving lights and the sirens that would come and take them to the hospital because they were mixing up their dimensions. They tried to bring their magical powers back into the everyday world. And they were put in the madhouse because they weren't in the, in the, and they weren't in the, in the place of agreement. So the hero leaves the magical powers behind, but 
brings back the quality of experience with him. So that there is a level of personhood that re returns to the everyday world, and this new aspect of the person is shared with the world, in, uh, with the everyday world, with the world of everyday. And this is the gift that the hero brings, or the hero brings back to the home ground. That's the story of the hero's journey. And that's basically the story that you will be enacting or dramatizing in doing the, the process. Except you're not going to do the supreme ordeal with this tape, because the supreme ordeal I think you need to do with somebody else, and I don't want to include that in the tape. But you will do the rest of the story, and it will carry you through the hero's journey. I want to talk a little bit about the process. The process is you'll get a chance to, to dance, to move, to kind of dramatize your own story, trying to bring it to life as fully as possible. Now, in some cases, it's going to be a challenge to you because it's going to be challenging your resistances. After all, if you're dealing with the demon of your resistance and if you're dealing with your own, your own vision of the future, then you're going to be calling up your resistance and therefore you're creating the hero who is the one that's able to see what's possible in the future and your demon, the one that says, no, you're saboteur, the one that says, no, you can't do that, you're too old, you're too young, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too something. And in order for the, the vision of the hero to be achieved, the energy, the power, the force of the demon has got to be integrated. And this is the major force the major purpose of this process that you're doing here to integrate the visionary with the power of the demon. And that's what this process is all about for you. I remember one time when I was at uh, Eslin, I was working at Eslin at the time, and I had done some rituals or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was over. I remember it was over Christmas or something. And I was sitting out on the deck on the, in the back of the behind the restaurant at Eslin, and suddenly there was this little lady sitting, you know, just behind me with white hair, leaning over very timidly, and she said, is it all right if I come and sit with you? And I said, sure, come on. She said, you don't know what I've been through to come here and sit with you. I said, come on, sit down and tell me. She said, well, I was sitting across the deck over there, on the other side of the deck, and I'd seen you do whatever it was that I'd done. I'd seen you do this thing, and I was very impressed with you, and I wanted to talk to you. But I thought, oh, he'll never talk to me. I'm just this little, little old lady, and he's not going to be interested in me. I'm not terribly interesting. And I mentioned it to the woman that was sitting next to me. And she said, oh, go on. He's easy to talk to. Go on. Go ahead. Uh, talk to him. Take a chance, go ahead and talk to him. So I started to cross the deck and then I got frightened. So I deviated and I went through the door on the other side of the deck. I went all the way around the, all of the chairs and the tables in the restaurant and I came to the door behind you. And as I was standing in the doorway, I heard this voice in my sense saying, don't, don't do it, go away. He's not gonna wanna talk to you. He's gonna embarrass you. You're gonna be embarrassing yourself. Don't, 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 don't. And I said, shut up for God's sakes and let me do it. And that's when I said, can I sit down next to you? And I said, bravo, you did it. Come on, here you are. And now you're sitting here. Isn't that great? She said, yes, I feel really like I've done something. I said, you certainly have. And then she said to me, now tell me what it is that you do. And I said, but you've just done it. You have just done your own hero's journey. You had a call. 
your call was to come over and talk to me. And you started to do it, and the woman said, and you, and you became afraid, and the woman said, oh, go on. So he gave you a little encouragement. So you started to cross, and then you became frightened, and you went all the way around the restaurant until you got to this door here, and when you were standing at this door, you had this amazing battle inside of yourself, and you finally fought through the battle until you said, can I sit down next to you? And that was your, then you came down and you sat down next to me and you're getting your reward right now because I'm giving you the pattern of the hero's journey from your experience so that every time you want to make a change while you're here at Esalen or in the next period of your life, you can remember that there's a call and there's a, there's a conflict and there's a battle that takes place and then there's a reward that comes at a certain point. So you now have the map of the hero's journey inside of you and you that's what you're that's what you've been given as your reward and when you go back to your place over there you can count this as your accomplishment of your goal and then all the way through the weekend she would say I, I went nude to the baths and I was at the baths nude I danced with this 18 year old boy I did that every so often she'd come up to me and she'd brag about her hero's journey the point is she did a simple thing she came over and talked to this guy. But for her, it, was, it, it felt like an amazingly big thing because she went through the process. And gradually, as she went through the process, it became conscious to her. And she began to know what the process is. And that's what you're learning by doing the hero's process. You learn what the process is. And, you, and if you get stuck in your life as you're going through the process, you can say, oh, right now I'm at the doorway. I'm battling with my demon of resistance. Well, I know that there's another step. You don't have to get discouraged. You don't have to fall back on yourself and say, I'll never get through this. This is the way we generally deal with that kind of energy. Oh, I'll never get through this. I'm always, I'm always uh, failing myself or whatever it happens to be. You know that it's only a step on the journey and that the journey takes you to a place of the reward and the reward is in, in effect the call for your next journey. Each journey goes on with another journey and another journey and another journey. And that's the journey of your life. So welcome to the hero's journey.